Well, guys, welcome. Um, we are in, this, in the middle of Advent. And if anybody doesn't know what Advent means, it's this big fancy word that means arrival, coming. And so we are celebrating the arrival, the coming of Jesus as a baby born in Bethlehem. There's also a double meaning to the reason we call this Advent. Not only are we kind of remembering and celebrating the arrival of Jesus, we're also reminding ourselves that Jesus is coming back and that his arrival hopefully is coming sooner than later, um, but we don't know the time or date. But Advent is a special time. It's a time of remembering, remembering what's happened and what's to come. And I don't know if you guys like waiting. Does anybody like waiting here? Anybody like waiting? Raise hands. I got a waiter over here. That's awesome. Good. <laughs> awesome. That is great. Now, if I told you you had to wait to unwrap your presents, would you be okay with that? Sure. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what's in the water, parents, but good job. Um, well done. Um, I don't know about you, but I, I don't necessarily like waiting. Uh, I've worked at UK for a long, long time. Um, now my commute is amazing. I literally roll out of bed and I go love on college students at Asbury. It's great. But I used to travel up UK on Nicholsville Road. And you can imagine around this time on Nick Road, especially around the mall, there's a lot of waiting. Um, and maybe a lot of words and signals thrown out the car window. Not that I would do that. Rochelle would do that all the time. She, <laughs> There's a great song, you, she smiles like a saint but curses like a sailor, that's, that's not my wife at all. So, uh, but you can imagine waiting. Waiting, especially on Nicholson Road, can be hard. Sometimes waiting is exciting, especially if we're waiting like it's Christmas Day or Christmas Eve and Santa's coming and we're excited about that. We're ready to open up some presents and get, get crazy, get busy, I, I'm ready. So waiting can be exciting. I remember my wedding day, waiting to get married. That was an exciting time. I also remember waiting to get the biopsy results on my wife. It's kind of a scary time. Waiting can be amazing. It could be scary. And in the Bible, before Jesus comes, kind of background, Israel had gone into captivity by Babylon, then Assyrians, and then they, they let Nehemiah come back and build a wall and some Jews and Israelites started to come back. But over 400 years, Israel had not heard from God. They were waiting. And then the Greeks came in. Oh, and then the Romans. And then we're right here. That's where we are in the midst of Roman kind of occupation rule. And Israel is still waiting. They're waiting for this special person called the Mashiach, the Messiah, the Christ. And so I want to lead us into, into uh, to kind of this passage. It's Luke chapter 2. Jesus is already born. We're not doing the Christmas story today. We're going to go right into Luke chapter 2. Jesus is born. It's Luke 2, <clears throat> verse 21. I'm reading from the NIV, um, and I know we usually preach from NLT, but this, um, I love this passage. So, on the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise him, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he had been conceived. And when the time of their purification, according to the law of Moses, 
had been completed, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As, as it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice in the keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Just real, real simple side note on that passage right here. I think it's important to note that when Jesus was born, yes, Mary knew and Joseph knew that he was the son of God, yet they still followed through the human aspect of what they knew what life was about. So there's this humanity to Jesus' birth. There's this going through the rites, the consecration, because he's the son of God. He really doesn't need to do that. He's kind of already consecrated enough, right? Um, but there's something very human about this and something to say that we know that Jesus is fully God, but he's also fully human. And so to, to see that, that Jesus is going through what a normal male Hebrew would have gone through gives kind of a light that we can identify with that, that, that Jesus is literally a baby. He came in the form of an infant, weak, needy, feed me, clean me. How many, I mean, come on, babies do that, right? So I do that. Um, um, verse 25, don't laugh, Brian, I heard that. All right, so verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And what that means, consolation is a really big word. So I'm just going to bring it down to us. He was basically waiting for the rescue of Israel. He was waiting for the Mashiach. He was waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue the people of God that God had promised in the scriptures. Rescue us from the, the Roman occupation. We've been in bondage. We're in another second slavery, so to speak. Um, from like the Egyptians, save us, Yahweh. We're waiting for the Messiah. Now, Messiah to an Israel at this time, Israelite at this time, to a Jew, Jewish person, would have been the warrior king, like David, coming in with his mighty men, saving the day, cutting off Sauron's head, and having a great time at it. This is the vision that the Jews had of the Messiah. And so Simeon is waiting for this consolation, but the Holy Spirit was upon him. And I just want to point this out, that the Spirit is not, not mentioned many times in the Old Testament and the New Testament until after the falling of the Spirit in, in Acts. And so this is something special that, 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 that Luke is trying to show us, is that this is a devout man. This is someone that followed God with all his heart. The Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ, the Mashiach. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. And when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him what custom law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. Simeon had been waiting and waiting. His ancestors, his, his people before had been waiting. 
And then it's this culmination, this moment that he gets to see what is promised to Israel. I don't know if you've ever had that moment where you've been waiting for something. Maybe it's that, that call from the job that you've been really, really wanting and you got it. And it was that exciting moment where you just like, you throw the phone down, it breaks, you have to buy a new iPhone, but you're so excited. Um, you're so pumped. And there, there are moments that we've had where we've been waiting for an answer and it's not been the culmination. Waiting is hard. And this is why, this is one of the reasons why it's hard. Let's, let's keep reading real quick. Because Simeon has something really, um, really important to say. Not only that his eyes have seen the light to the Gentiles, that's us, by the way, that he's making a profound statement that Jesus is not just for Israel, but he's also for us. And what, not just the birth of Jesus, but what is to come, the cross, and of course, the beautiful resurrection, where we can have hope in life. The birth is just the beginning. But he says this, the child's father and, and mother marveled at what Simeon said about him. And then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. I think Simeon knew something. I don't know if he knew something. I have no clue, really. I, I don't know. Maybe he still thought, Jesus was going to be the warrior king. I, I, I don't know what to, but I know that he perceived something very, very, um, very true. Is that this, is that when we're waiting, is that, is that Israel was waiting for God to bring the warrior king, but God flips the script. He flips it upside down. And he says, says something that it will be the rise and fall of many in Israel because many had expectations of this warrior king, but God, like many times, does the unexpected. We serve and worship the God of unexpected. Because here's the thing, we're expecting that he's gonna speak, we're expecting he's gonna move, but sometimes he flips the switch and here comes Jesus, the baby. The Messiah, not destined to conquer and break the chains of Roman occupation, but Jesus, the one that breaks the chains of sin and death, that brings freedom so where we can be whole, so where we struggle, we can find freedom. Where we hurt, we can find peace and comfort. See, Jesus flips the script. And there's something to be said about that when we're waiting and we're waiting on God to move. And sometimes we put our own expectations on God. And we say, God, you know what? I want to be a youth pastor at a large church, really successful right after graduating. And I want to grow that ministry and I want to speak nationally. I don't know. That's my, that was my expectations. <laughs> I was speaking. <laughs> and the thing is, is that is that my expectations were dictated to God. Every church that I applied to didn't have the, had to have a certain culture, had to have a certain type of music, had to be a certain way. It, it, it couldn't be too traditional. It couldn't do this. I'm just trying to think of all the different things that I was laying out to God and saying, jink, jink, 
watching. Do you know that it took me 13, no, not 13, 16 years of hard-headed laying out expectations to God before, I, before he even blessed me with a full-time ministry job after graduating from college. I mean, I got a big youth pastor role after graduating from college, but I fell miserably. I was at large church and all these different things. But see, I was laying out my expectations to God and saying, God, every time, like four or five times, I was on the final interview and something would happen. And God would shut the door. He was protecting me and he was protecting those people because I was not surrendered. I was not expectant of who God is, that he's moving and speaking like Simeon was, by the Spirit. And see, sometimes when we wait, and this is my, this is my problem, when we wait and we're getting frustrated and, and things aren't going the way we expected, you know where the eyes typically turn? Inward. And they get focused on here and the crap and the turmoil and the reality is, is that eyes need to be out, hands out, hands open, eyes out, looking, just like Simeon, waiting, looking out. The Spirit of God moved him. This Christmas season, I think there's something that if, we could, if I could challenge you this, this, this season, is that be expectant that God is still moving and talking, because he is. He's alive and well. He has so much to say to you and me and to direct our ways. But maybe realize that God may, might want to flip the script in your life. That God may move in unexpected ways. Because it wasn't until I laid everything down in this, that 16-year wait that literally I love my job at UK, was having the time of my life, great opportunity, because I laid all those things down, and I get a phone call. And I'm not saying everything's going to turn out this way, but I think it's funny how God sometimes works. Just out of the blue phone call, hey, do you want to do college ministry and hang out with students all day? Uh, yes, please, and yes, please, let's do it. Um, and I think that that is a beautiful way of saying maybe not everything works out the way we expect, but if we're plugged in and our eyes are where they need to be and they're focused where they need to go, the weight can be a beautiful thing. I just want to read this one last, this last verse before we close out. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. Waiting can be hard, it can be fun. It can be exciting. Eyes out, hands open. Jesus, lead where you want to lead. Where do you want to lead me this season of my life? Because my job, that's not my calling. My calling is to you. My vocation, doesn't matter what I do. I can clean toilets, but my calling is to you. And the reality is, is that when we start to see life in that way, there's joy, there's peace. And it doesn't mean there's not trials, there's not tribulations, and 
There are some weights that we wish we weren't a part of. But in these moments of life, how do you wait? What are you waiting for? What are your expectations? Do they line up with Jesus? Let me pray for us. Jesus, you, first of all, are king. You are a mighty king, but you flipped the script. Your might was not shown in, by sword or shield. It was, it, was sh- it was shown in the power of a manger and ultimately a power of the cross and the resurrection. So Jesus, we lean into that. And Jesus, some of us are waiting on things. I don't know what they are. There, there's so much going on in our church family right now. There's so, a lot of waiting, some exciting, some horrible, some tr- tragic. Just, Jesus, we just pray that we can lean into you and realize that you still speak and you still move. And we want to look to you in the midst of all this. We love you and we're thankful for this time, this Advent. In your name, in Jesus' name, amen.